0: You're listening to The Singing Academic, Episode 2. Welcome to The Singing Academic, a monthly podcast that explores topics and issues related to musical studies within the scope of higher education. I'm your host, Kristen Huggins, Division Chair of Fine Arts and Professor of Voice and Diction at Trinity Valley Community College in Texas. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday, and welcome back to the Singing Academic. This is episode two Five Ways to Improve Your Letters of Recommendation. This episode actually was taken from a blog post on our website of the same name that was written as part of the Audition Season series. Now, if you are new to this game and you don't yet know what the Audition Season is, bless you. <laughs> For those of us seasoned veterans, we know that the six-month process where uh, students are applying and auditioning to either music programs or freelancers are auditioning for the next upcoming season, especially for classical singers and musical theater singers, we have a very specific season with which we perform, too. Um, It can be a little stressful, I'm not going to lie. And you have to have all of your supplemental materials updated and ready to go, uh, including your artistic resume, your headshots, your repertoire list, your bio, (laughs) your letters of recommendation, not to mention preliminary recordings. I'm getting stressed out just talking about all this. (laughs) So uh, the the matter at hand, we're just going to look at letters of recommendation today. Letters of recommendation seem like one of the easier things to complete on your audition uh, preseason list. However, these letters of recommendation are absolutely essential for you to move on to the next level. They can literally make or break you with admissions committees. And your recommenders, no matter how much they like you don't have to let you read the letters they write. So you really want to ensure that you go through this process as professionally and efficiently as possible. So we've compiled these five tips and tricks that we all have experienced through trial and error, (laughs) so you're welcome, uh, to help you along with this process. Tip number one, students, please do your homework. I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but unfortunately I do, Uh, just because I've seen this. uh, Students coming into my office to ask for letters of recommendation, which I'm happy to provide, and yet when they request the letter, they aren't sure exactly whether they have to supply the letter with their application physically or via electronically. Uh, Does a school provide a form that I need to fill out myself? again, physically or electronically? Does the student send them in? Do I send them in? There's all these different questions, and every program is going to be unique. So please be sure to get on your uh, intended program's website. They should have within the music department website an admissions and auditions section that details out exactly what they're going to want from you in terms of letters of rec, how many you're going to need, who you need to write them, how they're going to be submitted, I know that many programs still adhere to the traditional method where uh, the recommender types out an official letter on letterhead of their institution, and then when they go to uh, seal it in the envelope, the uh, recommender will then sign over that sealed back flap, and that will prove that it has not been tampered with by the student. And then the recommender hands the letter to the student, and the student compiles it with their physical application. I know that's not being done as much anymore. Traditionally, that was the method we adhered to. So please check and see what your school is doing. If you don't adhere to these requirements, it's, that's kind of how they pick out the weak from the herd. Uh, <laughs> if you don't follow the requirements specifically, that's a huge red flag to your admissions committee. That's part of the test. Tip number two. Choose your recommenders wisely. Now, guys, these are the people that are going to sell you to your admissions committee. You want to be absolutely certain that the instructors or mentors or employers that you choose are going to sell you and brag about you and present the very best you to this admissions panel. Um, Ask yourself these questions if you're uncertain about your recommender. One, how well have I performed in their class? If the answer is less than satisfactory, and students, please be honest with yourself because your grades and your transcripts will speak for themselves if you won't. (laughs) Uh, If the answer is less than satisfactory, then you need to look somewhere else. Go for a teacher that may not be exactly what you're looking for in terms of the field that they're in, but you know that they're going to sell you. Uh, Question number two, have I developed a rapport with this professor? Perhaps the professor, it, 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 they are in your field, you have done well in their class, but you haven't had much interaction with them aside from attending their class and submitting your work and getting your grade. This letter of recommendation is not only a reflection of your academic progress, but also the reflection of your character. The admissions panel wants to know what kind of a person are you? Uh, are you honest? Are you ethical? Are you hardworking? Are you driven? Are you motivated? So if your recommender doesn't quite know you, it can be difficult for them to write an adequate letter. And that will reflect whenever they uh, present that letter to the panel, it will read that way. So try to pick out someone who knows you both inside and outside the classroom. And if you haven't gotten there yet, if you have some time, start to develop a professional relationship with your instructors. Visit them in office hours. Ask their advice. Uh, be sure to go to them with any problems you may have, even if you think that problem is something you can solve on your own. That shows the professor that you're brainstorming and you're willing to uh, address conflict and work through it. That, that gives them an idea of your character. Also, uh, within number two be aware that depending upon what level you're applying to, they'll have different requirements for the number of references and the type of references you'll need to acquire. For most freshman undergraduate programs, one music reference and one additional character reference is sufficient. For some transfer undergraduate programs, if you're transferring in uh, to be a junior, they'll request a letter from your private instructor, whatever your applied instrument is, an ensemble director, and then an additional professor who can address your skills outside of performance practice. Graduate letters of recommendation really are dependent upon the program. Normally, it's three letters of rec, followed closely by uh, the recommendations under transfer undergraduate that we just listed. However, if you are pursuing a specialized degree such as composition, music theory, or musicology, I do know that they require very specific references in those cases. So please, again, following tip number one, do your homework, read carefully the instructions, and make sure that you have the right recommenders on your side. Tip number three, ask early. Let me tell you, you do not want a rushed letter written on your behalf. This is equivalent to a death sentence. Writing letters of recommendation takes time and precision, And your recommenders are more than likely going to be teachers, instructors, and professors, all of which who are going to be in the middle of their semesters dealing with midterms, grading papers, counting down the days until Christmas break. Lord knows I'm there right now. (laughs) So early doesn't mean a week, nor does it mean two weeks. I would say safely you can ask a month in advance and that should give them plenty of time to write your letter and it be a a well-rounded, well-written letter. Any more than a month, truly, I I think runs the risk of um, it being put on the back burner for too long. You want it to be close enough to where it's on the forefront of their mind and it's kind of marinating in their mind before they write it, but not too long to where it gets forgotten. Tip number four, provide a portfolio. Now, regardless of the level of relationship that you have with your intended recommender, whether it's an instructor, a mentor, a professor who maybe you have known for a long time, they go to your church, regardless of any of this, please don't fall into the trap of assuming that they already know everything they need to know about you in order to write a stellar letter of recommendation. When you ask your instructor to provide a recommendation, please have in hand your professional portfolio with any information pertinent to your intended letter's purpose. What can this include? We're looking at artistic resumes. This is especially important for performance majors. We need to know what you've sung, what solos you've completed, what ensembles you've performed in, what awards have you received as a result of your performances. Um, who have you worked with? What coaches? What accompanists? What directors? Work resume. Now, work resume isn't necessarily music geared. However, it does show that you're able to maintain a work life balance and the ability to juggle multiple responsibilities at once. Also, if you have uh, gone through high school by holding down a 30 hour a week job, or you've gone through college, you know, holding down a full time job as well. Those are things that I believe your admissions panel needs to know. That says a lot about who you are as a person and as a student, that you're able to juggle all of those, uh, those obligations at once. So include the work resume as you see fit. Curriculum vitae. This is applicable especially for graduate work if you've had previous teaching experience or if you have done tutoring in the past, if you're an education major going into graduate work. Um, For performance majors, not so much. And for those going into undergraduate without any teaching experience, not so much again. Biographies, no longer than 500 words. Uh, Volunteer community service information, your transcripts, your GPA, any scholarships that you've been awarded, your test scores. And if you've been recognized for said test scores... Uh, Extracurricular activities, this is really limited to undergraduate applicants only, graduate work not so much. Uh, And then of course any other additional information that you'd like them to consider highlighting. Now please understand by providing your portfolio that you are in no way guaranteed these things will show up in your letter. Your recommender has full disclosure, uh, full creative freedom to write whatever they want in your letter, but by providing these materials you're, you're giving them the option to highlight or bring out some of these accomplishments, and more than likely in most cases, the recommenders will consider these materials and place items from them into your letter. I know I do. I, I really appreciate it when a student gives me a portfolio, and I try to uh, put as much as I can without, of course, seeming, um, <laughs> seeming ridiculous. Tip number five create two deadlines. This is a trick I learned when I was in graduate school. Audition season is stressful enough without having the added bonus of a well-meaning recommender who either A, forgot about their deadline, B, they dropped out at the last minute from extenuating life circumstances, or even better, C, they wait until the evening of to give you your letter of recommendation. (laughs) Um, I won't say whether or not I've been put in this situation before, but I don't want you to be in this situation. So please take if you're gonna take any advice from this entire episode, please take this last one. Um give yourself two deadlines. Obviously, most programs work on the December deadline for preliminary applications and recordings. That's when all of your main material is due, either December 1st or December 10th, somewhere in that that range in that ballpark. Don't give that deadline to your letters of recommendation. I would give them a deadline two weeks prior to this. So just in case you have a worst case scenario come upon you, you still have two weeks to last minute go to someone else who perhaps, you know didn't make the cut for whatever reason and ask them, beg them, really, for a letter of recommendation. It will save your hide. I wish that I had been told this uh, as an undergraduate applicant, but I learned my lesson for graduation or for graduate applications. So if you're going to take anything from this episode, take number five and do it. (laughs) If you're a student about to embark upon your first academic audition season, We wish you the very best of luck. Our hearts go out to you. We know how stressful it can be. Uh, Be listening for more Music Major 101 episodes regarding audition seasons. Uh, And let us know your feedback and thoughts regarding your application process. If there's something you'd like us to discuss, uh, shoot us a comment. Or you can go to our website at www.thesingingacademic.org and leave us a comment in the contact section. If you're an instructor or professor and you have additional tips to add for prospective music majors when preparing for the application season, please do the same. We'd love to hear from you and we'd love to collaborate and gather ideas and experiences from you as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Singing Academic. With each episode, we offer show notes and a full transcript on our website, so please be sure to visit www.thesingingacademic.org to access these additional resources. Find more Singing Academic podcast episodes on iTunes and Spotify. And finally, if you found this episode helpful, please be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. See you all next time.